Bonjour et bienvenue à Clé Jeanne Sauvé. Today is school day 97. Please rise. Rise. Rise! Welcome, dear listeners, to the second semester. Congratulations to all students who survived from September to January. It was rough, and many students almost died, and many students actually died. But the majority of us made it through the first semester with most of our limbs intact. Later today, we will be holding a mass necromancy ceremony to try and resurrect our dead classmates with this glowing orb I found in an abandoned locker. We haven't actually told the students' parents that they're dead yet, so we should really resurrect them before they start questioning where their children went. Unfortunately, all resurrected students will have to retake the whole first semester. Missing exams due to being dead counts as an unjustified absence and automatically gets you a zero. Being able to resurrect all the students who died as human sacrifices to the Council of the Sun Temple is one of the many positive changes our school has seen since the historical Envirothon two weeks ago. As the Council is now sustained by the energy of the Sun Gods, formerly known as the Glowing Eyes and the Vents, they no longer have any need for human sacrifices and are perfectly willing to return the souls of those who had been taken. However, they are not willing to return the dirt bikes that they stole from those grade nines who are dirt biking through the forest of the Sun Temple. Those dirt bikes are ours now, they said, speaking through an eyeless, drooling koala bear. We're having too much fun with them to give them back. Souls, on the other hand, are so 2019. We don't need or want them anymore. Take them, please. There have been reports of students who also think that having souls is so 2019 and are selling their souls to various entities for a variety of reasons. January 2020 alone has more cases of souls sold to the devil in exchange for a good night's sleep than the past three years combined. When asked why they would do such a thing, the students simply responded, nothing matters in this life. Why not? I have to admit, they have a fair point. Economics experts report that the sudden decrease in the value of the human soul will wreak havoc on the soul-selling industry, but the public's only response so far has been, okay boomer. Scientists are still determining the health risks of living without a soul, but are currently distracted by the shape of a grape leaf. It's a very odd shape, they report. I'm sure that nothing bad will come out of living without a soul. After all, some teachers have been missing theirs for decades. And now, an update on my fanfiction. Okay, so I started writing this really, really cool My Hero Academia fanfiction last year where, like, everything's the same, but Izuku's a ghost. But I kind of ditched it after seven chapters, but I recently reread it and realized that it's actually really good because Izuku just, like, trolls everyone all the time and it's awesome. And it's just, like, ghostly shenanigans and just, like, uh, it's that good stuff. So I might actually continue it sometime soon. There's no ships unless you, like, squint really hard. It's available on AO3. Go read it, please. This has been an update on my fanfiction. And now for an announcement from the UNESCO Club. Whose bones do you stand on? The land you're on is not yours. 
it was never yours and will never be yours. The land belongs to nobody, and yet we trick ourselves into thinking that it can be owned. It cannot. How many people have died because of this delusion? How many people have suffered from this egotism? Whose bones are you standing on? Who built your house? Were they paid well for providing you with comfort and shelter for years upon years? Where did they get the materials to build with anyways? All the wood, metal, plastic, and stone that went into the construction of that place you took for granted. Where did it all come from? Was it sustainable or did they have to destroy things to get it? In order to get anything, you have to destroy something first. Whose bones are you standing on? What about your supper yesterday? You need food to survive, it's unavoidable. You have to eat. But where did your food come from? Mega farms here in Canada? With their dangerous monoculture placing efficiency over quality? Or was it imported from other countries where the labor and chemical laws are much more lenient, allowing the destruction of millions of lives? What about the transportation to get the food to your home? What about the natural habitat that was cleared to make room for those farms? What about the people who can't afford food despite our society's huge surplus? You have to eat. You'll die if you don't. But whose bones do you stand on? Everything in this world comes from something. It's impossible to create without first destroying. There is only a limited amount of matter in this universe that gets recycled over and over and over. Nothing belongs to you, not even your body. You did not create those atoms, it's simply your turn to use them. And when you die, it'll be someone else's turn. Whose bones do you stand on? Somebody's. You'll always be standing on somebody's. But they are already dead, already buried. The injustices of the past have already happened. Nothing will bring those skeletons back to life. But the injustices of today, well, you're just a tiny insignificant human, but at least you're standing. Your reach may be short, but at least you have arms. Make the most of your time with these borrowed atoms, because soon enough, it'll be your bones being stood on. This has been an announcement from the UNESCO Club. The resurrection ceremony will be beginning soon. All students who wish to participate must bring two live salmons and the lyrics to their favorite 80s song with them to the band room. Running shoes and athletic clothing is recommended. Watch out for those falling birds. More on this story after everyone gets settled in, but for now, more news. An anonymous group of students have submitted numerous complaints about the new temple in the Forest of the Sun Temple. This temple is believed to be the Sun Temple itself, as the mysterious window at the top always frames the sun perfectly, no matter what time of day it is. Also, it's a temple located in the Forest of the Sun Temple. It's kind of self-explanatory, don't you think? I mean, it's in the name. These students are very upset that the temple suddenly materialized right on top of their favorite place to smoke. They tried to move the temple in various ways, including, but not limited to, pulling it with a rope, pushing it with a snowplow, luring it with cat treats, provoking it with name-calling, 
penguins and hiring a dark web hitman to destroy it. None of their plans were successful, as they report being chased out of the forest by LARPers before they could even reach the temple. They express frustration and regret at having to find a new place to smoke. Mostly frustration. On February 11th, we will be staring at the moon. It's so bright, isn't it? So beautiful. The moon doesn't have its own light. It can only reflect the suns. But it's still so beautiful. A long time ago, the Earth's day was only 18 hours long. The moon has been slowing our rotation, prolonging our days and nights, lengthening the time that we have to stare at it. The moon may not have light, but it certainly has power and influence. We will stare at the moon and take in its awesome, beautiful power. And we will understand. And then we will leave. EPH Apparel will be setting up a pop-up shop in the library on February 18th. They sell all sorts of grad clothing and attire. It is absolutely mandatory to buy something from them, as only students wearing EPH clothing will be allowed to attend graduation and get their diploma. EPH assures us that they totally aren't taking advantage of this fact and raising their prices by an enormous amount. Their clothes are just high quality, so high price tag. You know, they always go hand in hand like that, right? It has nothing to do with the fact that we live in a society where you need diplomas to be successful, and the only way to get a diploma is to buy something from them. They are not taking advantage of this, and it is not a ripoff. Now, if you have any hope of having a good future, you will go buy something from them on February 18th. You will! All students who are willing to participate in the resurrection ceremony are now in position in the band room. Each one is in a different yoga pose, exactly 3.82 feet away from each other. Madame Donnelly is walking around the room, handing out ponchos and scented markers. Mr. Enns has prepared the spinach cake. The ceremony is ready to begin. But first, a message from the soap club. Soap! Oh, you humans. You can barely survive, can't you? Not on your own, at least. <laughs> Amazing. Humans are the top of the food chain, the destroyers of ecosystems, the creators of so much. No other species has managed to create giant bombs to ride until you escape your planet, but humans created that out of pure spite and pride. It didn't even accomplish them anything, just... they just wanted to prove that they could do it. And yet, despite all this power and knowledge, if you put a human on its own with no supplies and no other humans, its chance of survival is so slim. How can a species so powerful be entirely comprised of weak individuals? Your fleshy body is slow, weak, and so easily breakable. What if you are able to get rid of it? To free yourself from that floating cage? You don't need to worry about breaking. You don't need to worry about all that maintenance and upkeep and all that jazz. You just exist. All the best parts of the human, all the, all the power and the knowledge and the consciousness will still be there. But 
you don't need to worry about this lagging vessel that you're trapped inside. You can do so much more, you can perform so much better, you can accomplish so many new things. Just imagine, if humans are capable of escaping gravity while being hindered by physical needs, just imagine what you can do without them, free of them. This time will come. Oh, this time will come someday. We don't know when it'll be. It might be sooner than you think. But until then, you're stuck in your flesh trap. Poor you. I'd hate to be a human right now. You're, yeah, you're stuck there. And you're not going to get another. So you should really take care of it. Use soap. So. This has been a message from the Soap Club. The resurrection ceremony is going strong. Numerous students have already hatched from their cocoons, dripping with a stringy blue fluid. Party rock anthem is blaring through the speakers as the participants continue to levitate and tape post-it notes to the ceiling. The spinach cake has gained sentience and is quoting Shakespeare. It seems like this ceremony will be a success. I have just received a very official-looking message from the Galactic Assembly, which was delivered by Carrier Sloth. It says, Oh, that's... that's weird. Out of the corner of my eye, the message looks like it's in English, but as soon as I try to read it, the message shimmers into... I don't even know. It still looks like English, but it also looks like something else. I just can't understand it. It looks like English. I try to read it, and then all of a sudden it's something else, and I can't read it. I don't get it. What the? Huh. Well, I guess it's not important. If it was, they'd want me to be able to read it, right? Right. Speaking of the Galactic Assembly and space-related things, there are now three moons in the sky. I have no idea what caused this. I would ask the science teachers, but we still don't have that fish to English translation tech yet. Whatever company administration hired to build the translators sure is lacking. At least the moon staring on February 11th will be more eventful as we ponder what could have possibly happened to bring two more moons into our sky. It is also very important to note that Valentine's Day is coming up. Now, I personally don't have any need for a holiday like this, but to all you romantics out there who are planning on giving flowers to your loved ones, here is a handy guide to what certain flowers represent. Yellow flowers represent friendship. Perfect for friend zoning somebody on this special day. Red flowers mean loyalty. Red is the color of blood, so giving somebody a red flower is like saying, I'll stab someone to death and watch as their life force flows out of their body and pools on the floor, forever tainting the land on which they died for you. Which I hear is the most romantic thing you could possibly do. Red and white flowers mean extreme loyalty. Since they mean the exact same thing as a red flower, 
except that you'll be wearing white shoes when you stab the person, which means that you're risking getting their blood all over your brand new pristine white shoes, staining them forever. If somebody gives you a red and white flower, that's basically a proposal. Marry them immediately. Black flowers represent the never-ending void. White flowers represent eating cereal for breakfast. If you're hoping for a reaction like, um, okay then, give your special person white flowers. Orange flowers do not exist. If you are caught with orange flowers, you will be deemed a threat to the space-time continuum and taken into custody by the lizard people. Do not give orange flowers. Purple flowers glow in the dark. That's pretty cool, huh? Blue flowers are like the depths of the ocean, full of mystery and terrifying creatures and currents that will pull you in never to return. Stay far away from blue flowers. Green flowers are very convoluted. Nobody's quite sure what they mean. If you want to start a pointless argument over the meaning of a flower, give your special person a green flower. More information on the meaning of flowers is available all around you, if you look hard enough. The resurrection ceremony has now reached the bat stage. Bats are everywhere, and they're escaping from the band room. The band room shapeshifts to block off the doors, but it's too late. The bats roll and fly down the hallways, attacking every student in sight. They're getting closer to my studio, dear listeners. I should probably- Oh god, oh god! Here's my abnormally draft class! How to make a burrito. Step one, you take the tortilla. Step two, you put in anything you want, really. Meat, cheese, veggies, worms, live birds, goop, slime, concrete, wet or dry. Spoons. Really, anything you want. Your this is your burrito. You can, you can make it the way you want. Step three is you fold up the bottom because you don't want things to fall at the bottom. Step four is you fold over the right side or the left side, depending on which one you want to start with. It's still really up to you. And then step five, I think we were on, you fold over the left side. Then you pick it up. Oh, step six is you pick it up what we're doing here. Yeah, step six, you pick it up. Step seven, you put it in the blender. And step eight, you stick a straw in the blender. You blend up the straw as well. Step nine, you mix in a little bit of your pet's food. If you don't have a pet, then you can substitute that for grass or like anything you find outside. Just for that extra bit of flavor. Step, I think we're on ten. You put, pour it into a casserole dish and put it in the oven and you bake it at 450 for 40 minutes. And then step 11, you go outside, you set it on fire, and you inhale its essence. And that is how you make a burrito. Okay. All right, I'm back. Everything is fine. Everything is perfectly okay. No more bats. Luckily, Bats are very allergic to paperwork. So I took the emergency paperwork that I keep in my studio and threw it all at the bats. The bats disintegrated on contact, which is a very standard allergic reaction. 
those of you with allergies out there, like, how do you do it? How, how are you still alive? Like, what the heck? Now my studio is covered in loose paperwork and bat dust. I should really put the paperwork back in the corral before it gets too used to its freedom. But I only have a few minutes left in my show. Um, announcements. These are very useful announcements for everyone. Definitely not just me taking advantage of the position given to me by the school division to pretend that I'm a real radio host. Not at all! This is a useful use of everyone's time. The students in the band room didn't have any paperwork to fight the bats with, but they did have bazookas. Any self-respecting band room should be equipped with bazookas, don't you think? Now that all the bats have been blasted to bits, the doors of the band room reappear. The ceremony has been completed. The students, both the ones who participated in the ceremony and the ones who were resurrected from the ceremony, are a mess of cheerful reunions. Friends, siblings, partners, all these young people that thought they had lost their loved ones for good are melting into each other's arms overcome with joy and relief. We are all united in our happiness right now. The dead have risen, the missing have returned. Things are back to normal, no, better than normal. We no longer have to fear for our lives. That doesn't mean that we should start taking everyone around us for granted, but we can begin to actually enjoy our time with them without the constant buzz of fear. We can settle into a routine. We can be at peace. And isn't that nice? C'est tout pour les annonces. Passe une excellente journée. This episode was written, narrated, and recorded by Madison Posthumus, Madame Donnelly's rap class announcement was performed by Madison Posthumus, and also I stole the backing track off the internet. The website said that it was royalty free, so I guess I downloaded it legally and didn't steal it, which is. Huh. For once in my life, I actually got sound from the internet legally. Nice. Music is by me and also Bilan Mengesha. She's awesome. Go check her out at SoundCloud. Please quit. It's PLZ underscore quit. And I don't think I have anything else. I was gonna get my brother to do the rap class announcement, but he's at school right now and I can't ask him and it's sad. He's made a couple of rap songs. They're very great and very funny. One of them is called Drywall. And the chorus is, I eat, I eat drywall for breakfast. He's amazing. Uh, once he uh, once he gets his stuff online, I'll give him an advertisement on here. And that's it. That's everything. Thank you for listening. <laughs>